Hi, my name's Sam Breakgear and welcome to Brain Spike Back. If you like psychology and technology, then you are in the right place because this is the podcast for it. In June this year, a federal judge sentenced Jackson Costco, a former systems administrator in the Senate, to four years in prison for his hacking of Senate computers and spread of personal information of lawmakers online. This online spread of personal information is known as doxing, and it's a type of attack that can be very dangerous to victims' lives and their families. To get a better understanding of where the US law currently stands on this issue, what the future of doxing might look like and how you should respond if you're a victim, we're joined by an expert guest. Our guest today is a criminal defense attorney and managing attorney of a Texas law firm who has worked on multiple doxing cases in the past from both sides as clients who were charged with online harassment and with clients who were victims of doxing, Joseph Holscher. And for our special piece today, we have Computers as LOL, which features a comedy clip from Don McMillan, a technology engineer turned stand-up comic. Hello, Sam. Hey, Joseph. How are you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Are you from you from Texas originally? Yeah, I'm from San Antonio. Nice. I've never been to San Antonio. I've been to Dallas. I spent a bit of time there, and I've also been uh, in Austin, Texas. I did really enjoy Austin. That was a lot of fun. So. Austin, yeah, Austin's kind of fun. Dallas is a little uptight. Yeah. San Antonio is, is like a quiet party town, but <laughs> over the Alamo, we like to drink. We just don't like to publicize it as much i can appreciate dis- like that kind of discretion of like enjoying yourself but not in like a kind of everyone can see and kind of make a mess sort of thing so i i appreciate that yeah but we we consider everybody in san antonio even though there's like a million plus people kind of considers ourselves friends and neighbors so it's just you know the instagram culture hasn't caught on here that's good we just big house parties big street parties nobody takes it too seriously so it's real laid back that's the best to be fair i think those kind of intimate settings uh, are way better they're far more enjoyable would you be able to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself who you are and what you do in the area of doxing so i'm the managing attorney of a law firm called holsher gebbia cepeda plc in san antonio texas we handle state and federal crimes as well as child welfare and high conflict family law cases So uh, our intersection with doxing is both in protecting our clients who are going through sensitive legal issues affecting their families and also with clients who sometimes have been accused of doxing at either the state or federal level. I think it would be good to like clarify for our listeners what doxing is exactly and what it entails. Would you be able to do that for us, please, Joe? Sure. So, I mean, doxing in the most limited sense is just the publication of somebody's personal information online. Um, you know, in social media, on a website, and personal information, we mean things like cell phone numbers, addresses, photos, it could be protected information, such as health information. But the problem with doxing is that it actually, modern age, defies a clean definition. Doxing often includes other activities, such as online harassment or stalking, trying to hack into somebody's personal accounts. So doxing is kind of broad, but in the most restricted sense, it's just publication of somebody's personal info. Mm -hmm. And where does the law currently stand in the U.S. on doxing? So in the U.S., the law on doxing is is not outstanding. Our federal law only makes publication of restricted personal information a crime for certain categories of individuals, such as federal employees, 
um, politicians, state employees who are acting in a federal capacity, such as part of a state federal task force of some kind, and, and regular citizens really are not protected. There is a cyber stalking law at the federal level as well, which is more of an online harassment statute, but simply publicizing personal information is not itself an offense. It's funny you should mention about the, the politicians because, so initially when I, my first interest in this topic, it actually didn't come from doxing itself. I was interested in something else, which I think has come from China, and it's a term called human flesh search, which is, I don't know if you know, it's essentially where, like, say, for example, there's a video, say if a viral video gets shared online a lot, and it's of someone pushing over a disabled child or something like that, and everyone will flood and rush to say, who is this person? We need to find them. We need to, it's almost like a witch hunt to find the person in the video. And basically, like, I saw this, and I was interested, and I did a bit of research, but then I realized that, like, doxing seemed to be like a way bigger thing i actually came across a case and you're probably familiar with jackson costco and it seemed like um he was i mean he was sentenced to four years in prison for doxing and i realized that oh this is this is like another another side of the coin basically and that's when i got into contact with yourself and i was yeah really interested to to learn more about this so as it stands you said that there's no solid law against it against other citizens is that correct right the only way so like when you get a high profile case usually there's some other offense that's been committed in the process of boxing so you know the first time people really started looking at boxing as a phenomenon was when anti-abortion activists were publicizing the personal information names addresses um, phone numbers of people who worked in the abortion industry, as they put it. And the website had like dripping blood on it. And they were really encouraging people to go harass them. And there were even violent acts being committed against them. In fact, uh, there was murder. So at that point, the prosecution didn't really center around the doxing, although the doxing was what caused everything. It centered around conspiracy to commit murder, transporting weapons interstate, things like that. So when you get a really high profile case, there's there's other laws they can use, but no, nah, there's even at the state level, we have almost no doxing laws per se. And do you think that could change over the next five to ten years? Do you think the law approaching um, doxing, the U.S. law, and its stance on doxing is likely to change over the next ten years on this? I think it will, just because it's a huge hodgepodge right now, and everything's very inconsistent across states, but. The bigger problem we have is that law enforcement doesn't know how to handle these cases. You know, at the state level, they just don't have the resources a lot of times. You know, this whole millennial boomer controversy that I get to sit on the sidelines of right now is a real problem because the officers who would run this type of investigation are older officers. But these guys don't know how to use social media, maybe not super proficient at email. And now they're going to be in charge of trying to pursue some type of online case, and it just doesn't happen. At the federal level, they don't care. Unless it becomes a really high-profile case or somebody gets killed. Um, so I, I'm really interested, if you can, and if you're able to, if you could give us some examples of some of the extreme cases that you've worked on when it comes to doxing. So in, at the low level, one of the cases that I worked on was a client had an enemy online, the, uh, the ex-husband's new wife, who create like fake social media profiles with our client's personal information and then post really offensive stuff to get people upset, getting her phone blown up. She starts getting angry emails. This person would connect to um, her friends and 
coworkers online to try and get her fired. So that kind of low level case didn't affect a whole lot of people. It wasn't involving a whole lot of people, but we spent a long time getting different profiles taken down, threatened to sue. And that's one where we, we represented a victim, obviously. So we, we had another case that was boxing, although it started on the dark net, where our client was accused of publicizing personal information of uh, senior military officers at the Pentagon. Basically, allowing people to make contacts with them to attempt to solicit them for government contracts. Not super sexy. Same time, a potential security risk. I mean, target their families or attempt to extort them. So, was that individual looking to sell the information, or was he just looking to cause trouble? So, what he was actually just looking to do was help out other guys in the industry. He was basically he he built a contacts list and put it on kind of a secure website for other people in the industry to use. But as people started using it, obviously the feds became concerned, so they went and tracked it all down. Do you know how they managed to track it down? Um, I had a call previously on we discussed the dark web. It seemed like uh, there are ways of doing it. I'm not honestly not the most technical of people, which is kind of ironic since I run this show. But at the same time, I do know it's somewhat difficult to perhaps uh, track down uh, individuals on the dark web. Do you know how the police managed to like find and identify him? So actually what happened is as certain inquiries were being made, a competitor who had, who had gained access to the information turned it over. And are, is, is there any others that you can think of which come to mind when it comes to, to doxing that you've worked on, which you think are somewhat interesting to share with us? Well, I, so I've got my own personal internet stalker. Oh yeah, you mentioned this, I remember, yeah, when we spoke before. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's locally known uh, for being kind of crazy and he targets a list of high profile individuals in the legal and political community in Texas. He runs around on different websites and will post in the comments section or on social media documents that look like government documents accusing people of fraud or corruption, so forth and so on. But but in some of those documents, he likes to publicize personal information. And so when people think, you know, all these conspiracy theorists out there, because he has a following, uh, think that you're subverting justice, suddenly your phone blows up with a lot of weird phone calls. And as an attorney, dealing with somebody who is targeting other people in the legal community and prominent politicians, um, CEOs, you know, that guy still hasn't been solved. There's a lot of people who would love to put him out of business, but, but that's the challenge with doxing is that it's incredibly difficult to get law enforcement involved. And then your civil remedies to sue are really hard in the U.S. Do you know why, like, do you, have you ever met this person or has that, have they ever, yes. you have? Yeah. Yeah. He was a former client. We were actually suing the city of San Antonio on his behalf for violating his First Amendment rights. When we quit representing him, he got upset and, and added me to the list. Uh, would, did he have this like cult following and like this list before you took him on or was this something that kind of snowballed from like his desire to try and get back at you? The list had begun before we took him on as a client and it was actually related to our representation of him <laughs> that sounds like a really sticky mess <laughs> yeah i got in on the ground floor pretty much though so i'm one of the originals on the list with five or six people it's grown now and it's it's actually become and this is one of the remedies that i i think people can use is you have to try to reframe the harassment if you can just so it doesn't affect you as much a club in in our region of texas you know if you've if you've made the list or not it sounds like you've met some interesting people in your time joe <laughs> uh, 
yeah, well, yeah. it's an interesting world to say. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, so I suppose this would um this would be like my last question, but I think it would be the most useful for our listeners. Um, and something that I'd personally really love to know about more. If someone does become um, a victim of doxing, how should they respond? So there's there's a number of things that somebody can do. The problem is they all have limited effectiveness. You kind of want to do as many as you have the time, energy, and resources to do. I mean, you should make a law enforcement referral. I would call both the FBI and whoever your local prosecution agency is just to get a report made. They will probably not help you, though. So you're then down to self-help. You can sue. In the U.S., there is the First Amendment, which protects public speech. So there is a constitutional defense to a lot of this type of activity. So what you're looking for is for them to publish something like healthcare information that's protected by federal law and allows better recourse. But otherwise, you just have to try to control things online. So the first thing I tell people to do is Google yourself and lock down all of your online properties. Get the max privacy settings on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Disable comments if you have a website and a blog. You just have to do the best that you can. Consider taking down social media and be real aware of what you've put out there. Photos have location data. You were talking about in China, people can get a lot of information about somebody from a selfie. So just be aware of what's out there. Spend the time to know what your presence is and try to control it. The second thing that people can do is start sending takedown notices. Online services, whether it's a newspaper with a comment section or social media, they have really strict terms of service if you understand them. And they are not in the favor of people creating fake profiles to harass other people. It drives away their consumer base. So Facebook is pretty good about taking stuff down. So is Instagram because they're related. So just start sending the takedown notices. Send them over and over until you get some type of response. And if they ask you, you know, hey, you have so many days clarify this make sure you follow up other than that this is kind of just practical advice because uh doxing tends to be part of other offenses make sure that you have strong passwords and that you're using two-factor authentication for all of your properties but if it's a big deal like like if it's if it's some guy who's got a followership a harsh reaction actually tends to make it worse from what i've seen so you know, the old adage, don't feed the trolls, don't feed the trolls, Lock your stuff down, don't respond and back off. How many times have we seen a company where they get into an online controversy and they release a statement like Blizzard just did over the Hong Kong controversy and it made people twice as angry. So if, if you're being targeted for harassment, you're not dealing with rational people. Lock down, wait, they will move on and then you can start cleaning up with less pushback. That, unfortunately for a lot of people, is really intolerable, but if you want the trolls to move on and, and get the pitchforks out for somebody else, you have to just be quiet and make no noise so that they don't get the satisfaction of your reaction. Now that makes a lot of sense, and I can imagine that a lot of them do this um, for fun. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of financial gain in it, except for obviously if they're like selling information of classified people or people that could be of use knowing where they are or how to contact them, like uh, your, your previous fella. But it does seem like yeah they're just doing this for their own enjoyment and as long as you don't give them that enjoyment i'm sure then they'll move on to someone else like you said this is all good advice hopefully i pray that i never need to use it so far so good I'll try and keep it that way but no it's a uh, it's good advice and i hope i hope this guy leaves you alone soon and you can well the list disappears <laughs> oh no Sam. 
I love him now. He's been good <laughs> for my SEO. He's introduced me to a lot of famous people who are more important than I am. Every time I see them, you know, we get a wink and a nod because we're all on the list. So that, if you can do it, is probably the best piece of advice. Online harassment is irritating. It's emotionally debilitating. It can really affect people's employment and things like that. But if you can shrug it off and move on with your life, that is the best answer to somebody who wants to reach out and make you unhappy. Yeah. Well, it seems like you've turned um, a negative into a real positive there. That's pretty good. In that case, I hope, um, well, I hope other people don't harass you, but I hope you get more positives from negative situations <laughs> somehow. <laughs> it's a weird mixed blessing. Well, thank you, <laughs> That's all right. Joe, that's all my questions for now. But if people do want to follow you and stay in touch, um, how can they do it? Do you have social media, which hopefully people won't spam you with or <laughs> dox you with? <laughs> we do. And, and in part to push away negative results from competitors and people like my stalker, we can be found on our website is the easiest way. It's www.hgclaw.com. Um, but I can be found on Facebook under Joseph Holscher. And we can be found on our blog as well, which is Abogados Chingones. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. It's been really interesting to hear about your, your experiences in this. And it's also nice to hear that your your do, your own personal doxing story has a somewhat of a happy ending. Well, you know, I mean, the good news about the internet is that it has repercussions on people's lives. But ultimately, it is just the internet with the option to tune out. Excellent. Joe, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Sam. Have a good one. Computer says, lol. A rather uh, unique show. Um, uh, here's the thing. Uh, for uh, 10 years of my life, I was an engineer, and uh, it is not the greatest comedy credit. I, I must be, uh, nobody thinks, ooh, engineer, this guy's got to be funny. That never happens. <laughs> you never hear, we're having a party, we're only inviting engineers. <laughs> I have never been told that ever. But engineers are misunderstood. We are, uh, we're not boring. People think we're boring. We're not boring. We just get excited about boring things. It's true. Oh, oh my God. Oh, oh God, it's wireless. Oh my God. Oh God. Now I can download my, from my VCR to my Razor. I always wanted to do that. Can I upgrade, can I upgrade from there? Oh my, I've got a nerd Woody right now. That's amazing. So I, I, uh, I have a different act. Um, it's, uh, it's, I call it technically funny because mathematically it adds up and therefore it's technically funny. <laughs> Secondly, the thing that makes it unique is I'm actually the only comic uh, working in PowerPoint. And uh, if you think I'm kidding, I am not. Uh, if we could fire up my sludge. That is our show. Thank you as always for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you want to listen to more of our episodes, you can find us on Spotify and you can follow us there. You can also find us on iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts for that matter. You can also go to thesociable.co where you'll find all our podcasts and fantastic articles for you to read. Thanks. And until next time, have a great day.